The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids come, came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. We are in a stage of the liturgical year where we begin to look at where we begin to approach the end before we begin again. If there is anything this morning scripture teaches us is that it is not a time to be smug. As Amos tells us, why do you want the day of the Lord? It is darkness not light. And as W.B. Yeats puts it so well in his poem, The Second Coming, the darkness drops again. But now I know that 20 centuries of stony sleep were vexed to nightmare by a rocking cradle. And what rough beast, its hour come round at last, slouches towards Bethlehem to be born. Why, indeed? Certainly the threat of Amos, certainly the threat of Amos, Paul's strange language, and five virgins being barred from entering the wedding banquet are obvious reasons for uneasiness. However, 
these passages raise other questions for me. Who is Amos really speaking to, and why? And what is Paul really speaking about? What about the ten virgins? Who are they? Who are the wise virgins, and who are the foolish ones? They are all bridesmaids, friends of the bride, after all. Perhaps the questions I am asking are beside the point, but something tells me that dismissing them too easily might mean missing an opportunity to meet the bridegroom when he comes. Amos speaks to a people who are in great expectation for the Lord, and yet he refutes any and every claim that the coming will be pretty. Those who escape a lion are only then to be surprised by a bear. God takes no interest or even pleasure in their solemn assemblies. The Lord will not accept anything they have to offer. What the Israelites think is going to get them right with God ends up being exactly what God despises. Who are God's people now? Paul writes to the Thessalonians, We who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will be caught up in the clouds together with those who have died to meet the Lord in the air. What? The foolish virgins, or in another translation, the silly virgins, compound mistake after mistake. In their desperation, they say, give us some oil. It was a demand, not a request. And they were demanding the wrong thing. They could have figured out that the light of the wise virgins, or even more so, the bridegroom, was enough to bring them to the banquet. Instead, they went on some wild goose chase in the dark and were left outside the door. Even more so, the wise ones could have shared their light, if not their oil. It seems strange that no one thought of this. Sure, the foolish made their decisions and showed bad judgment, but perhaps the actions of the wise virgins or refusal to act begs the judgment that Amos brings down upon the Israelites. The bridegroom is delayed. Paul thought he would come during his lifetime during the lifetime of the Thessalonian church. He was wrong. Ten virgins expected him earlier, and only five were prepared when he finally does come. And Amos? Well, Amos describes his coming as not something to celebrate too readily. Maybe the key resides in the coming being unex unexpected, surprising, leaving unanswered questions, even throwing us off balance. 
And so we are kept on our toes, unsettled, uncomfortable, but awake. We are brought through Christ's death and resurrection in baptism itself to be people of God. And as people of God, we can no longer be people who are complacent or asleep. We are to be unsettled people, restless people, people who keep watch with love, people who long for justice and righteousness, people who are truly alive, and thus maybe even be people who unsettle as well. In his book, The Sacred Voice is Calling, John Neefsey, a clinical psychologist and theology lecturer, who has focused much of his work on vocation and social conscience, surmises an an uneasy conscience may be one of the best places to listen for the whisper of the Spirit that calls us to a better way. Just when we think we know when the bridegroom is coming, or even what he will look like, he shows us something entirely other. This gives us the capacity to show mercy and compassion. Righteousness is not about piety, but it is about empathy and solidarity with those who may feel they have no access to the bridegroom. When we are living in the truth of love, then our worship truly expresses the mystery and disruption of God's loving grace. This is not something that the world around us always wants to see. So many in the world would rather snuff that light out. Let's face it, let's face it. We have been in the dark and have barred our own selves from the banquet. We are in need of guidance. But the call in the middle of the night may not be just to meet the bridegroom, but to guide others to meet him as well. Then the community is whole. Then ten virgins get into the banquet. Perhaps for this, we are to be prepared. The true hope of all this apocalyptic literature is that no matter where we are or think we are, in our inadequacy, in our bad decisions, and the consequences that come of those, even if we think we are in the dark, and are not recognized, the bridegroom comes at any time, even at midnight, to meet us. Justice rolls and righteousness flows like mighty waters, and we are transformed, transformed as though we were caught up into a strong current right up into the air, as Paul tells us. Christ draws us into this conversion. The banquet is still open to us, and the guiding lamp 
in the middle of the night as our own, as well as our own, can bring all of us there.